quickly transition and let's just talk for a minute about this. And then I I really want us to get to our last topic of streaming services, but let's just talk about screen time with adults. Let me, let me kick us, let me (laughs) kick this off because I've also been doing a little research on that. And basically what it's saying is, is be a functional human being. (laughs) (laughs) Recognize when you're not being a functional human being. Um, but did a little research and as it kind of referenced different sources were referencing different studies and experts, you kind of kept finding, finding myself ending up at the NIH. And so uh, essentially when it comes to a, adults, you really are essentially making sure that you are not losing healthy relationships with other people in your life and other commitments in your life. That's kind of where extensive screen time begins to have a real negative effect is it starts to become detrimental to the other relationships and responsibilities. It's the, you made the point, which is really the same kind of diagnostic metric for addiction. One point yeah. is your relationship with anything, whether it's an activity or a substance or food, whatever. At what point is your relationship with that thing creating an unhealthy relationship with the other people and commitments in your life? What what point is it hindering your responsibilities in your life? Yeah. That's kind of the key that I, I see yeah, in the research. Absolutely. I think that's a solid, yeah, that's a solid barometer, you know, be, being a functional human being. I believe that where some may run afoul, even with that diagnostic is what is functioning for some people. It's very different for others. And I, and I say that somewhat tongue in cheek, but somewhat in earnest as well, because depending on who you're talking to, functioning is as long as I get from point A to point B, I'm functioning, even though I may have my, you know, the entire time I'm walking through the grocery store, I'm just using that as an example, because I am the 80 year old man that's spraying kids with a hose to get off my lawn. When you go through the grocery store, and I've seen this so many times, and it, it used to frustrate me, and now it just makes me sad where you see people that legitimately do not make eye contact with anyone because they're legitimately in their phone the entire time they're in the grocery store picking up what they have to. But when you even try to make eye contact with them, you can't because they are so engrossed in their phone. And to them, if you ask them, are you a functional human being? They would likely say yes, because they did go to the grocery store and they purchased groceries and they got home and they didn't have an accident, right? Yeah. But to me, that's not functioning. I would layer on top of be a functional human being with other human beings. That's where a right relationship with screen time for adults is being put more at risk. We're starting to see it more in the younger adult generations that are coming up. Their ability to have 
genuine face-to-face connections and conversations with people has been so impaired and retarded by their dependency on some form of technology for that same type of connection. And that to me is a, you know, is where you should use your diagnostic there. And that's something that likely is going to have to come from an outside source. Like somebody's going to have to hold you to that account because that's something that's really hard for somebody to have that level of introspection outside of some external force, yeah. if that makes sense. And, um, and from a psychological perspective, I think we should also say that what is functioning, defining functioning, and that's not a static thing in our lives. We all go through different experiences. There's environmental issues. There's unique uh, circumstances and episodic times in our lives in which, quite frankly, getting from point A to point B is just fine. If if, that's if, right. if you can yeah. if you can and pull if you can pull that off that's fine so absolutely uh, so we're not yeah, yeah. you know 100%. this is this is not a turn it on or turn it off kind of a thing but no and I and I think that's why the constant evaluation is necessary because yeah. to your point there may be I mean even for me and listen I, I'm when it comes to my phone and other levels of and te- you know, other types of technology I try to be as connected with humans and disconnected from tech as is functionally possible for me. So, but there, even for me, there are days where I don't want to be around people. I just, I just need to veg and that's totally fine. As long as you're aware of that and you're able to conceptualize that as, okay, this is my day. It's just one of those days, but that it doesn't become a habit that that's your go-to. So here's a couple uh, strategies to recalibrate screen time, both for yourself uh, for in adults or, or with kids. And again, this is from the NIH. I'm, I'm going to run through a couple of them that kind of stick out to me. Uh, we'll put a link to this in the show notes, but I'd be interested if there's a particular strategy that's been very effective for you. But the first one that jumps off the, <laughs> the screen at me <laughs> is uh, log screen time versus active time. And that is so true. If you, we don't even realize and recognize that we're spending too much time on screens yeah. and just taking some time to actually chart that in your life and 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 mm-hmm. get that kind of data that it can really be eye opening and then you can actually with that information make a change. Um, I love this. Make, and your phone helps you with that too. Well, that's, I mean, your well, phone, that's you, you, there yeah. are some great tools that are out there exactly yeah. and and so at some point. Uh, Apple did an, a push update to iOS and I started mm-hmm. getting those notifications of my screen time. Uh, right. I like this make screen time active time. And so I'm, I'm thinking of things like, you know, Peloton is mm-hmm. a great example of how they've really leaned into screen time and that technology to help people get healthy. And it even yeah. becomes a, a social interaction because you can, you know, ride a race. Now I am not a bicyclist. I hate, riding bikes. Um, I do it as a family because we have a lot of fun doing that, but uh, I was not a fan of riding bikes when it was my mode of transportation. So doing it recreationally, but there are people out there who like it. (laughs) Yeah. Or even if you're, I mean, if you're at the gym or, you know, and you're on the treadmill and you want to watch a, you know, whatever your Netflix episode is, that would be a way of combining active and screen time together. But then, and this isn't on their list, but when we were talking about the data privacy bill a few months back. That's when I learned from our guest who was on the podcast that you can set your phone to grayscale. I had no idea yeah. you could do that. I didn't I, either. I learned that. I didn't either. 
And it really yeah. isn't because the colors on the screen are intentionally designed to get you addicted to looking at your yeah. screen. And it was funny because I, I did go grayscale and over time, I, I, suddenly a, kind of a natural detachment. I just didn't have that urge to check my phone yeah. all the time. And I remember the, doing that was the first time in a long time that I ran an errand. I think I just had to go to the grocery store or something. And it occurred to me I didn't have my phone because I wasn't actually yeah. focused on whether or not I had it. So is there a real quick 30 seconds, a technique, a life hack that you use that's helpful? You know, for me, it, it's um, just when I get home uh, from work or whenever work is done, in our remote work environment, I try to always, and it's usually the time from when work's done to when the kids go to bed that I try to just put my, literally put all of my screens in the other room, whether it's in my office, if it's, you know, on the nightstand in the bedroom or whatever, so that it's not, it's not a temptation, right? So then I can focus, you know, and for me, that's more boundary setting than it is, you know, a hack or a tip because the thing that I never, I never want for my kids to feel like they're splitting or I'm splitting my time with them with my fill in the blank, yeah. you know, phone, iPad, whatever. And so for me, that time with my family is the most important that I want to make sure I protect. Now, I want to make sure that I'm not distracted during my work day with screen and all that stuff. But candidly, my my time with my family is more valuable to me than my time. That is my most valuable time that I have is with, with my kids and my family. And so I set that boundary, you know, either I leave it in the door in the office or on the nightstand, shut the door and say, Outside of an emergency, I'm not I'm not engaging with any of my technology right now. I'm going to spend this time focused with the family. And I think that's another great indication that the relationship our kids have with technology is different because my kids are the ones that say, put it down. Mm -hmm. they, they they acknowledge and recognize that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, Drew, this is going to be a recurring conversation. Obviously, this is right at the heart of what we're doing with these yep. uh, with this podcast. And so the whole concept of healthy tech. A right relationship with technology is going to be a recurring theme. We'll have more episodes. We'll keep taking bites out of different kinds of tech. And so until next time. You've been listening to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Harder and Drew Null. Make sure to check us out wherever you catch all your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new content we'll be dropping regularly. If you enjoyed the content today, please give us that five-star review. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time.